welcome into the third episode of the Buckeyes a Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Vonderhaar. Thank you for joining us. In today's episode, we talk with Luis Yayawe, who is a specialist within the Office of International Affairs, working specifically with education abroad. Luis is something of our resident expert when it comes to scholarships, and more specifically, obviously, education abroad scholarships. So if you're looking for a way to fund your education abroad, this could be a terrific place to start. We have we talk about a ton of awesome information. Um, if you listened to last week's episode when we talked about financial aid and federal and student loans, um, this is kind of a continuance of that, but another look at different ways to fund your education abroad program. If you have any questions about anything we talk about in the episode, our contact information is listed in the episode notes, as well as any links we describe uh, at any point in the interview. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode three of the Buckeyes Abroadcast. All right, everybody, welcome in uh, to episode three of the Buckeyes Abroadcast. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about scholarships and how they kind of interact with education abroad, and more specifically, how you can take advantage of scholarships uh, when you're planning uh, to potentially participate in an education abroad program. So before I introduce our terrific guests that we're talking to today, I thought that it would be good if everybody could get on the same page while you're listening, if you have a computer next to you, it could be a great way for you to kind of add a little bit of value to listening to this episode. If you head on over to Google, that's my favorite way uh, to help show folks how to find a page, but head on over to Google and type in OIA Ohio State Scholarships. And that's my favorite way to show people how to get to the page we're gonna be talking about because everybody knows how to use their favorite search engine so you don't have to use Google, you can use whatever you want. Uh, find the first link that pops up. I believe it says oia.osu uh, and it says slash scholarships. You're gonna click on that page. And then for most of the folks that are gonna be listening, you'll click on the link on the left side that says undergraduates. Um, also, welcome to the new OIA website. Pretty cool thing, I got rolled out last week. but. We're not here to talk about the website. We're here to talk about education abroad scholarships. And to do that, I'm going to introduce our guest for the second time joining us on the Buckeyes Abroadcast is Luis Yayawe, education abroad specialist here at The Ohio State University. Uh, Luis, how are you doing? I'm good, Brian. How are you doing today? Oh, thriving and surviving here in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, we just just to get things started, uh, I thought that it would be, would be great just to ask you to talk a little bit about um, number one, education abroad, scholarships in general, and maybe how uh, they can play a part in study abroad as far as the different parts of uh, of funding a study abroad experience. Absolutely. So I will start by saying that I'm an education abroad specialist within the Office of International Affairs. I've been with Ohio State for um, over ten years now. But the very favorite part of my job that I have come to enjoy the most and see one of the biggest rewards from is helping students navigate the scholarship process and seeing all of their hard work come to fruition. So I want to just kind of start by saying that education abroad is for everybody and that financial hurdle that many people see as their first kind of stumbling block is one that we are absolutely here to help you get over in education abroad. So a large part of the work that I do is advising on scholarships, um, directing students towards resources on and off campus. Um, as I said, it's one of the, the facets of my job that I really enjoy. 
enjoy. And I think I enjoy it so much because I was a first generation student when I was at school and I relied heavily on grants and scholarships to get me through. So um, as, an, but as an office as a whole, we come from this, um, from a place of understanding um, that there is a financial implication to study abroad, um, but we really do want to see everybody do it that wants to do it and we want to talk to you about the money. So it can often be uncomfortable to talk about the financial aspect of uh, your time on campus and what your budget is and what you can afford um, and your family circumstances, but I just want to reassure everybody who's listening that we're a very safe office, um, that we are a non-judgmental office and that we have all kinds of students and we're here to serve all kinds of students. So no one should be embarrassed about coming in and saying they need extra help or that they're looking for additional resources but all of that being said um, there are a lot of awards out there for students who are looking for help to um, supplement the cost of their education abroad experience one big thing I will say is that it's kind of rare for students to get their program paid for in its entirety and so that's uh, one thing that I do want to point out is that there will be some kind of out of pocket cost for most students who apply for a program, um, whether they get a scholarship or not. It's very likely that you will not receive um, a fully funded bursary scholarship award or grant. Um, so just kind of bearing that in mind, there are some amazing resources on OSU's campus and that's because we have um, the benefit of a president's office who really believe in internationalizing ourselves and our education in our campus. So we're doing really well at Ohio State compared to other schools um, and we share the love around lots of different parts of campus. So there are awards which are through um, the different university colleges there are awards through different departments different offices on campus and then there are a number of awards that we go through on our website which are actually um, housed in with office international affairs so they are there are funding opportunities in lots of different places and it's our job via our website and via meeting with us in person to help our students find and exploit those resources yeah i think Definitely a terrific way to frame it. Um, and like I, I've said that already on the first couple episodes that we've had uh, on the podcast, sometimes the, or really the best way that I can plug a lot of this information is to visit the website. That's why I, I introduced it at the beginning. But kind of going off of what you said, uh, how we can find uh, scholarships in different places uh, for different students. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about more general scholarships for education abroad, uh, and, and some of those that would be listed on the grants and scholarships page on the OIA website. Just, just some that most students should at least keep their eye on if they're looking for general scholarships. Absolutely. So um, we have tried to be kind of logical on the website when it comes to grants and scholarships that we've broken down the awards into a couple of different sections. So we have awards through our office, OIA. We have awards through the university. Um, and that will be through things like the different... Uh, Offices, diversity and inclusion, uh, STEP is on there as well. Um, a couple of the different kind of undergraduate fellowship and research offices have awards. And then we've also added a subsection called university colleges, uh, which give out grants and scholarships. And then the um, going down like the next tier, we have departmental awards and then a big section on external funding. But if we were to look at the awards that everybody on campus, if they were thinking about studying abroad should be considering, well, the ones that I would point out through our office are going to be the Wolf Study Abroad Scholarship. 
that's our kind of flagship award in OIA Education Abroad. Um, it really is designed for first time travellers, that's the preference. Uh, first time travellers um, and those people that are have graduated from a high school in Ohio. So there are going to be different criteria as to who can apply for an award based on things like academics, grades, GPA, um, and then financial need. So the way that I sometimes describe awards are that they are either looking for a merit criteria or qualification or a means criteria or qualification. So they're looking at either your financial background or your academic successes. Um, so the Wolf Study Abroad is really um, our flagship one, as I said, and that is the one that we give out twice a year in two different competitions. We give out about 25 awards. Um, but the preference is for students who have never traveled before or having their first education abroad experience. Um, but you do have to be an Ohio high school graduate. So that's one of the ones that I would point out because that does serve a big population of our, of our campus. There is another award um, that we offer through Study Abroad and that is the Passport Scholarship Award. And that is for first time passport holders. Um, we are shortly gonna have a brochure page created for that. But that's an award that everybody should be looking at applying for if they are first time passport holders. That will reimburse you for the cost of um, processing and mailing your passport. So again, a really good option for those who are first time travelers. The other awards that we indicate under that section, Office of International Affairs, do have slightly more um, criteria based on where you're going, how long you're going for, or maybe your um, financial background. And one of the ones that we have listed is actually a federal award that we work very closely with students on, and that's the Gilman Scholarship. And that requires that students are traveling um, abroad on a program, which is at least 21 days. But the biggest kind of caveat to that award is that all participants must be Pell eligible or Pell receiving. Um, and we can probably talk a bit more about the Pell grant as we move on through this uh, discussion. But those are two or three that I would really highlight right now within OIA. Yeah, and I, I'll go ahead. Yeah, no, and I was going to say, and then you could pick out from um, the university-wide ones, which are available to everybody, things like the Office of Diversity and Inclusion Awards, if you belong to any of the groups uh, within the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, so uh, Young Scholars Programme, Moral Scholars Programme, uh, BNRC members. Again, we have a big, diverse population on campus, and so that award is going to hit a lot of students um, in terms of matching criteria. There are obviously really big um, opportunities through the STEP program. And so the second year transformational experience program, which is not quite a requirement, but strongly recommended for all second years, um, that does provide the option to use the funding for a study abroad, education abroad experience. So that again is a really good opportunity to get $2,000 maximum towards the cost of your program. Um, and you can use that in combination with other scholarships. And that's one thing I'd like to point out. You don't just apply for one scholarship, you apply for as many as you are eligible for. Um, so th the STEP program is a really good way to get that foundation money, that $2,000 um, to start off when it comes to funding your program. And I think that's a great way to kind of kind of segment us into this next section. And just bouncing off of that, you know, I, I love the way you phrase that as like a foundation when it comes to STEP. We get all kinds of questions, mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously every year about STEP from students about how they can use those funds and what they can, uh, what they're available for. 
Uh, I imagine some point in the future, we probably uh, will do a short episode just explaining STEP and its relationship yeah. to education yeah. abroad. Um, but for it, for those of you first year students who know nothing about STEP, it is a great option for you if you're looking for a way to help fund a program, and especially as a foundation. Many of our um, faculty-led and our short-term programs are created with the idea in mind that students would be using step funds uh, mm -hmm. to help fund those programs so it's helping take care of you know maybe maybe not half of the program fee but sometimes it can be as much as half um, mm -hmm. uh, of what you're uh, looking to apply for but going back um, a little bit on on uh, where we were talking what we were talking about there we started by talking about university scholarships and talking mm -hmm. in a way that you know what what are the scholarships that anybody who's interested in can apply and the benefit of you know those those large group you know open to anybody scholarships is you know I, I don't have to do as much research right when I'm looking for you know what scholarships to apply for nearly anybody can apply for them and it's great to apply that's yeah. the pro of it the 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 pro of looking for what we're going to be talking about next are some of these scholarships where when I'm describing them to students uh, and students ask me about you know different applications they should be looking at the way that I always like to frame it is the more you can zoom in on yourself as right. far as, you know, looking at what makes you as an individual unique um, to folks who are who are looking through your scholarship applications, mm -hmm. um, the, the better of a chance, you know, the less competition you have yeah. uh, to actually receive those awards. So maybe if you want to talk a little bit about you, you obviously already glanced on it, but maybe scholarships that serve students that are being served by the Office of Diversity and Inclusion or, or students that, you know, are looking through their college specific scholarships. Maybe just talk a little bit about the benefit of checking out those scholarships and where that information can be found even even uh, more so like kind of following those links on the OIA page. Sure. So when I have a meeting with a student who comes in and says to me, I'm thinking about participating in X, Y, or Z program. I need some additional funding. What scholarships are there? The first thing we do is we bring up this site and we basically go through every single one of these links. And I am very pro applying for as much as you are eligible for. But when I mean eligible, when I say eligible, what I really mean is that you are meeting the criteria and then some. So if it says preferred, absolutely and you're not in that part of that group, then absolutely you can still apply. Um, but you should realize that maybe you aren't gonna be hitting the nail on the head in terms of the, the kind of student they're looking to fund. So that's the key thing. There's legwork involved in this process. It is sometimes um, a bit like a part-time job when you're applying for scholarships. Um, something that I do say to students is that if you spend four hours applying for scholarships and you get a $2,000 award, what was your hourly rate of pay? 500 bucks and that's a pretty good hourly rate of pay you would you would take on a job if it offered you that so think of it like that think of it um as a kind of a financial investment of your time but there are some key points to consider when you are looking at the applications and who they are looking to fund so as you said ryan if you are a student who is doing a program based in southeast asia there are awards that are specifically for those students. Programs that we have that are going to Southeast Asia, the students who are studying certain languages. Now, obviously you're gonna to want to apply for those because you're, you're filling that niche, you are absolutely what they're looking for. If you are a student within the College of Arts and Sciences and you know that the program you're doing carries arts and sciences credit, and they have a really big scholarship 
fund. Um, so you absolutely should apply for that. If you're an engineering student, it's not such a good idea to apply for a College of Arts and Sciences award if your program doesn't give you College of Arts and Sciences credit. So it's being logical um, and it's much like you were told when you were younger at school about reading the exam question before you start answering it. So read what the scholarship is looking for um, and realize that you may not fit it exactly, but if you can mold who you are somewhat to fit the preferences, then why not? If you've got a strong personal statement, if you've got some time, apply for that award. But if you um, belong to a department that has funding, apply to that department. So for instance, you're doing a history program, apply for history through the funding, through, through that department, apply for funding uh, through the chair of that, of that unit, because there aren't gonna be tons of students who are history majors doing a history program who are also gonna be applying um, for those awards. Um, the smaller offices have um, funding available and sometimes it's not advertised. Sometimes it's something that we have to kind of work together on to craft something um, that I call a request for discretionary funding. Um, and it's really just the, the introduction of yourself to the department with commentary or an abstract about the program you're going on, something about your background and a request for assistance. And there's a kind of a phrase, which is if you're looking for money, ask for advice. And if you're looking for advice, ask for money. Um, because it's really all about how you frame your introduction and what you're doing. Um, because there is, there is funding out there and sometimes we have to kind of weave our way around different hurdles and we have to look at different routes to reach the people who, who can help us. So. Although it may be not be listed, there may be opportunities and awards which aren't annual, they're discretionary, they, they come around once in a while, so it's always worth investigating those too. Um, if you belong to the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, then you absolutely have to be applying for those awards. Uh, you have to recognise that you belong to an office which has awards which are only for people that belong to that office. So you're already in that kind of micro pool that they're going to be funding, um, so you're in a good place. Don't forget the opportunity is, is coming up quicker than you expect it to. Um, so students often put off applying for awards and think, oh, I'll do it when I'm a bit less busy, when uh, midterms are over, when finals are over. Preparation and, and being aware of your own department's internal deadlines for awards is really, really important. Um, but really, again, it comes back to that thing about exploiting all of your resources. So if you see awards um, that you're applicable for, then you should be applying for them. Um, don't give up in the process when you think you've done three really well and there's one more that you're going to kind of not apply for as well. Don't do that because it may be that fourth one which really um, comes into fruition for you. I, I think that everything you said is completely true and it made me think of a quote while you're talking about, you know, apply for as many as you can, like anything mm -hmm. that is applicable to you, right? Yeah. Wayne Gretzky, I'm a hockey guy, so I, this is a Wayne Gretzky and an office quote. You know, yeah. he said, you, you miss 100% of the shots, you know, you don't take, yeah. right? So yeah. um, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Yeah. Um, but so there's, the limit does not exist, right? As a student who's looking for, you know, funding on a program, you know, you, you have as many opportunities as right. you want to seek right. out. So, you know, we, we've the Office of International Affairs has obviously done a terrific job of curating easy ways to find the most upfront information. But I love the way you talked about, you know, a lot of the time there, there's funds available that aren't even being advertised at all, especially when you're talking with a student that comes from, you know, 
a community, many, you know, really any community from, from anywhere, you know, on earth, right, wants to help uh, the, the citizens from their community diversify their experience, right? So a lot of the times when I'm talking with students who, you know, find unique ways to, uh, to fund their program, maybe it's, you know, going home and, and speaking at a Kiwanis club or a Rotary club meeting uh, within their community and talking about, you know, this experience that they're looking to, uh, that they're looking to gain. And Another thing you were talking about with the applications, it made me think of a piece of practical advice that I absolutely uh, took to heart when I was an undergraduate. And it was that, you know, many of the time when you're applying for these applications, the folks that you're applying for or applying to, right, they don't know the other applications that you've sent in. They don't know, you know, they know not. The only thing they know is the application that's in front of them. Right. And the reason that that's important was this, this person who worked in the scholarship office that worked with me said, Ryan, most scholarships are asking you the same questions, right? Yeah. They might be phrased a little bit differently. So why not make this job easier on yourself and write, keep a Word document saved on your computer that says, why are, do you, why are you a deserving student of this scholarship, right? Why do you want, you know, why are you wanting to participate in an education abroad? Those are like two questions that are on nearly any application. Yeah. So keep that Word document saved on your computer and make your life easier. As you're applying for these scholarships, after you do that initial legwork, it's yeah. going to get exponentially easier for you. I don't mean to hijack that question, but no, a, couple no. the, <laughs> a couple of the things you brought up uh, just, just made me think of those points. And, yeah. you know, I would be remiss. You obviously touched on arts and sciences in the College of Engineering. You know, where I work within the College of Food, right. Agricultural, and Environmental <laughs> Sciences, we're go every year we award, you know, nearly 50% of our students will receive some sort of college-specific award. And the only way that you are going to be able to be available for that funding is if you apply. So I, you know, we can't obviously underline that enough. Yeah. Um, I think obviously you gave a terrific answer as, as we're beginning to wrap up here. I just wanted to kind of give you some time to talk about, you know, what are some resources mm -hmm. that students can use to help them when they're, when they're working on their applications, you yeah. know, what are, what are people they can reach out to and maybe what are some online or, or in-person resources that they, they can use? For sure. So the biggest resource is us as an office, Education Abroad, and your um, Education Abroad specialist. Um, they really are going to be able to help you read through your essay. Um, they're going to be able to help you edit or uh, kind of uh, adjust content. Uh, but just to go back to one thing you said about that Word document, that continually updated um, kind of abstract about yourself. You're so right that so many of these scholarships have the same structure, the same questions that they're going to ask. And so refining that piece of work, that kind of um, cover letter, that introduction, your questions, your essays, getting that as good as it can be is going to save you so much time. And I have students that I've worked with um, and they've used that same kind of essay again and again and again. Each year they've applied for different things. And actually, I will say that we had a student worker who I helped um, write an essay and she applied for some awards and she was successful. And then she actually modified that essay, that personal statement to use for her grad school application um, because she had so much content in there that was so specific to her journey and her progress. And she was able to update it with information about her experience when she actually got back from her program. Um, so she worked really hard on it. But the resources that she used were obviously asked in the office. I worked with her closely on it. But she also went to the writing center on campus. 
um, and she made use of their help. And we do have some uh, links on our website at oia.osu.edu, some kind of writing tips and tricks when it comes to uh, the scholarship application process. But the writing centre are really helpful. Um, they will not write your um, application for you though, to be very clear. They want you to go in with something that they will help you refine. Um, they will help you tailor it um, according to uh, what the kind of application need is and they'll, they'll look it over with you. So that's a really good resource. Lots of people um, suggest looking at things, looking at examples online um, of good scholarship applications and that's great, but I have found in the past that often those awards um, or those award letters are so generic um, and the natural voice has been edited out of them. And I really want to kind of highlight when it comes to students who are writing a scholarship application is that they're honest about who they are and they keep the texture of themselves in their message because that is really attractive to committees when we're assessing um, who the beneficiary should be of an award. We want to know who you are. We want that authentic voice. Um, we want to believe what you're writing um, and we, we're interested in what you are going to bring to the programme much more than what the program is. Um, so we don't need lots of dates and times and what you're gonna be doing this day or that day. What we really wanna hear about is you, what you're gonna to bring to that program and the benefits that you will take from the experience personally, professionally and academically. Um, so using us as kind of a sounding board if you want some insight into the program and you're looking for that kind of in-depth academic learning outcome information, uh, absolutely start with us in the office. Um, come to us with a draft and we can kind of look it over for you but do make use of all of those other resources particularly the writing center on campus and um, there are lots of GTAs in home departments as well who are very willing to look over essays and scholarships and give honest feedback um, and I've had students in the past who've said I asked my mom to read it or I asked my dad to read it and see if it sounded like something I would say um, and if it doesn't that can be either a good or a bad thing, because um, it means that, that your parents are really surprised that you have these amazing writing talents, or it can mean uh, that you don't sound authentic. So having someone you trust, um, that you're not worried about judging you, look it over is great, but then also having a, a stranger, someone who knows nothing about you to give you some really honest feedback is good. So those two things, talking to your education abroad specialist, using the, the writing center on campus, um, but then off campus, family, friends, people you trust to give you honest feedback. Terrific. I think that that uh, definitely is a great summary of resources uh, students can use. And always, that, that's the first thing you said and obviously one of your key points, but folks listening at home, seriously, we are here in the Office of International Affairs to help. So if you have any questions about scholarships at any point, please reach out. Um, like always, I will be list, uh, listing uh, mine and as, as well as uh, Luis's contact information in the notes of the episode. Feel free to reach out to either of us. If we're not the right person for you to be talking to, I'm sure that we can at least find the right person for you to be talking to with any questions you might have. Um, with that, Luis, thank you so much for joining. Uh, you're, you're our first returning guest to the Buckeyes of Broadcast. So, you know, obviously, thank you and uh, look forward to having you on sometime in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ryan. 
Once again, thank you for joining us. In today's episode, we hope you learned a little bit more about education abroad scholarships. If you enjoyed the episode, we hope that you subscribe to our feed in order to hear new episodes as soon as they come out. If you are subscribed, you'll be among the first to hear about our different programs and more information that is shared from the Office of International Affairs through our feed. Please leave us a review and let us know what you liked as well as what you think we can improve on. I promise we will be reading the reviews and using them to improve the quality of what we are putting out. After subscribing and leaving a review, I would ask that you head on over to the Office of International Affairs Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds and find us there. On Facebook, you can find us at International Affairs at Ohio State, and then on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at OSU Global. If you're doing anything on social media as far as education abroad goes, we ask that you just tag us and use the hashtag BuckeyesAbroad on Instagram. Uh, there's a good chance if we you know, see your content that you're putting out that there, there's a pretty good chance that we're going to share it onto our pages. If you would like to learn more about any of our over 200 programs offered here at The Ohio State University uh, within Education Abroad, please visit educationabroad.osu.edu. There you can find a search system that is extremely easy to use. If you ever have any general questions about Education Abroad, please feel free to call 614-292-6101 or email abroadadvisor at osu.edu. Thank you for joining us today. Time for the NPR-style sign-off. This podcast is brought to you by Education Abroad within the Office of International Affairs. Our producers for this podcast are Ryan Vonderhart and Charlie Gabor. Thank you for joining us.